Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. Who is the person that comes to mind when you think of the word authority? Maybe your mind goes to governmental authority, political leaders, heads of state, royalty. Or potentially you think of your boss or the senior board that make all the big decisions at work. But I wonder for some of you, maybe you think of your parents and you think of the impact they've had on your lives. The first person who comes to my mind when I think about authority is my GCSE maths teacher called Miss John. Which actually she would like to be referred to as Ms. John, just to keep it, you know, mysterious. Um, but from the outside, Ms. John, um, she just looked like a quiet and like potentially quite timid, blonde, northern lady in her early 30s, unassuming, quite reserved. But there was something about Miss John, she was no pushover whatsoever. She had an incredible quiet authority. She rarely raised her voice, and I went to quite a rough school. There were Kids that were like, throw, I think my first day, someone threw a chair across the, like, the classroom. It was, that was a regular occurrence. But she managed to tame the most reckless of boys. It was the boys, I'm sorry, um, in the classroom. But yeah, in Miss John's classroom, that didn't happen. She was in complete control, and everyone stayed in line in her presence. She was also one of the best teachers as well, potentially out of fear or maybe her demeanor. People did their homework. We improved. We learned more in lessons because there was less disruptions, chairs. And uh, she used her quiet authority for good. And authority is a bit of a funny one because over our history and over the years, authority has been used for good and for bad. And often it can relate back to what's the source of this authority. And for Miss John, the drive and the source for her authority was to see her students thrive and through potentially her own upbringing or training, she'd honed this and was seeing the fruit of it within her teaching. So for us today, I want us to look at as Christians, where do we find our authority? How do we use it? And where in our lives is there currently maybe a lack of authority? So if you want to open your Bibles, we're going to be reading from Mark 1, verse 21 to 28. So verse 21, they went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then, a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly, come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were so amazed that they asked each other, what is this, a new teaching and with authority? He even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. So this far in Mark, we have seen Jesus baptized by John, tempted in the desert, He's announced the presence of the kingdom of God and called the people to repent and believe. And last week, we saw him call his first disciples to mission. And these are all displays of him acting in the authority of God. And now this week, we see him actively declare it and drive out an impure spirit. So quite a lot has happened in one chapter. So we see this passage begin with Jesus preaching in the synagogue. And this isn't an unusual thing for him to do, but Jesus' teaching stood out compared to those of the other teachers. 
scribes of that day. They would have often quoted other rabbis or used secondhand speculation to teach. But what Jesus was bringing was truth and boldness direct from God. He wasn't leaning on the authority or opinions of others, but solely on God's divine authority. And this stood out to the crowd. It was so different from what they'd heard before. It stood apart. And if you think back to COVID days, I'm sorry, and the countless press conferences that went on during that time, when it came to discussing the medical impacts and precautions, the word, words came from the mouth of Chris Whitty. He was an esteemed, is an esteemed and well-trained consultant and physician who specializes in infectious diseases. He knew what he was speaking about, and he spoke with authority. If it had come from the mouth of anyone else on that panel, I'm not going to name names, but it would have been a lot weaker and it wouldn't have had the same, it would have been like secondhand news, it wouldn't have carried the same weight. But because of the knowledge and status that Chris Whitty had, he spoke with authority. And this was similar to Jesus in the synagogue. He was first establishing his authority and his confidence in the word of God and then also in his knowledge of who he is and his status as the son of God. We see here the importance of where we find our spiritual authority. Where are we being fed? Is it primarily from podcasts, preachers on social media, The Chosen? Um, or is it the main source, the living word of God? I love The Chosen, so I'm not, I'm not shading it. But Jesus taught with authority because he had authority. He wasn't quoting from man, but directly from God. How well do we know the word of God? Chris Whitty could freely speak about the health effects of the pandemic because he was a trained epidemiologist. Mark? Ep epidem you say it. <laughs> epidemiologist. There we go. <laughs> he spoke with authority because he knew what he was talking about. And Jesus spoke from a place of authority because he knew the word of God. He knew the Father. You can't speak with authority if you're not familiar with your material. I hold my hands up here and admit that I really struggle with memorizing scripture off by heart. I remember as a child, my dad told me if I could memorize Psalm 1 off by heart, he'd give me a fiver. And so I did, and he paid up. So that's, that's my history. <laughs> and even recently, I was actually defending how I find it difficult to memorize text because I'm far more of a visual, visual learner. But actually, it's something that we all need to prioritize doing. Proverbs 4, verse 20 to 21 says, My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. By knowing and memorizing scripture, we are aligning our perspective with that of the Bible, that of God's word. We also, in a metaphorical sense, arming ourselves with arrows when we need defense and embrace when we need comfort and fire when we need courage. How many of us can testify to the fact, to the power of a friend relaying scripture in one of our times of need and the impact that it had in that moment? Through memorizing and dwelling on scripture, we can arm ourselves and also be that friend to others. There is something edifying and about edifying about dwelling on scripture, and the word of God can cut through the conditioning of our minds from our culture, society, upbringing. Our minds are renewed when we expose it to scripture, when we expose it to the word of God. And Jesus was so familiar, entrenched and aligned with God and his, that amazed his audience. So verse 22, the people were amazed as teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as teachers of the law. So we see clearly first Jesus' authority through his teaching and knowledge of the word of God. We then go on to see Jesus exercise his authority as he drives out an unclean spirit. Verse 23, just then a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. It's almost amusing here that as Jesus is teaching, 
with his authority. It's actually a demonic spirit that actually shouts out and affirms and declares his identity. It would almost be like at a sporting event match, not really into sport, goal, whatever. Um, but if you had team A, they win, shoot, score, again, Mino sports. Um, and then the opposing team go like, yes, you won, because you're the better team, and because you are more equipped and more skilled, and your performance was way better. That just doesn't happen, I presume, at sports events. Um, not that I attend them. Um, but it's fascinating here how this evil spirit knows exactly who Jesus is and then proceeds to declare it to everyone in the vicinity. It's like the challenge that James sets in James 2, verse 19. You believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. Even the demons know who he is and call him the Holy One of God. Then as we go on in verse 25, be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The impure, impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were also amazed that they asked each other, what is this? A new teaching and with authority. He even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. Jesus orders the spirit out of the man and the spirit obeys. Sometimes I think it's easy for us in the West to forget that we live in a spiritual world and that there is a spiritual battle going on right now. Paul says in Ephesians 6 verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. There's a New Frontiers preacher called Dave Devonish who has written a book on spiritual warfare. And he states it like this. He says, with spiritual warfare, there is a twofold danger. We can be influenced by a rationalist worldview into not believing in spiritual warfare issues, or we can swing too far the other way and develop an unhealthy preoccupation with the demonic. If the subject of spiritual warfare is ignored, the enemy gains the advantage and that we are unaware of what he is doing and he is thus free to carry on. If, on the other hand, we develop an unhealthy interest in the powers of darkness, we offer the enemy an opportunity to oppress us with fear by shifting our focus away from the power and victory of God. We must keep that balance of being aware that we're in a spiritual battle, but also that we know that in all things, Jesus is victorious. The devil has been defeated, but not yet, not yet, 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 ooh, sorry, not yet destroyed. He still prowls around like a roaring lion looking for something to devour. But we know Jesus is undefeated. And as it says in Philippians 2, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Everyone, everything must bow to the name of Jesus. Even the impure spirit bowed and obeyed. And we see in this passage some parallels to when Jesus calms the storm, which is recorded later on in Mark 4. And Jesus and the disciples are on a boat on the Sea of Galilee, and a storm begins, and Jesus is happily sleeping when the disciples wake him up, pleading for him to save them. It says in verse 39, he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. To the wind, Jesus said, quiet, be still. To the impure spirit, he said, be quiet, come out of him. And both obeyed. The crowd in the synagogue responded with amazement. What is this? A new teaching with authority. He gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. And his disciples in the boat responded with awe. Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Everything must bow to the authority of Jesus, the natural world and the supernatural world. And we can take comfort today that Jesus has the ultimate authority over storms, over demons and darkness. And like we looked at earlier, Jesus spoke with authority because he knew where it was coming from. He knew it was coming from 
the Father. In John 5, verse 19 to 20, he says, Very truly I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his Father doing, because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. We can use Jesus as a blueprint for these scenarios in our own lives. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. A little while ago, when I was um, living with my parents, we used to have a small group that was based in their house, and their house is surrounded by fields and fields of sheep and cows, and there's just no, no houses really to see, which is just what a 16-year-old girl really longs for in life. And um, one night we were hosting our small group, and we thought, oh, let's go out for a walk, like it's a nice evening. And I think my parents were actually away that night, and so it was me, my sister, and my brother leading it, and we had, yeah, we had a bunch of us, maybe like 10 of us go out for this walk, and, and someone had a dog as well, so it was nice, nice walk. And uh, we get into this field, and about like 10 metres in, it, we realise it's got cows in it. And 10 metres in, we realise that's also got one very young territorial bull as well in the field. And in these instances, usually because they see the, the dog, they're like, they get kind of riled up. And you would normally let the dog off the leash, the dog would run, the bull would follow the dog, and then whilst that's happening, you can flee out of the field to safety. However, in this scenario, the dog was cowering behind its owner, which I could relate to because it was quite scary. And we were all frozen as we were watching this bull on the other side of the field start to kind of pour at the ground and start like racing and like kind of egging itself up to kind of come at us. And my sister, who to paint the picture is 5'2", was at the front of us, the front of the crowd. And she told us to head back to the gate, to go to safety, basically. And so we were all, like, slowly backing off like this, very, very slowly. And, uh, and she was staying rooted at the front. And uh, as we begin to make our way back, we see the bull begin to charge at my sister. And he was running and getting closer and closer. And then in that moment, she did something that I just didn't expect whatsoever and she shouted at the top of her five foot two lungs no and like pointed her finger at the bull and the bull immediately recoiled and went to the other side of the field which was just something that yeah even now it doesn't feel quite real when I think back to it and we thankfully managed to get out of the field safely and I've been telling that story for the last 13 years and it just it doesn't get old and as we wandered back back to my parents' house, thankful for our lives, um, I just turned to my sister and asked her, I was like, how did you know like, how to do that? What, you know, how did you do that? And she just replied so calmly, like, I saw mum do it once, and that was it. She'd seen my mum do it and was like, right, I'll do it. And um, she could only do it, she could only speak with that authority to the bull because she'd seen our mum do it beforehand. And there are probably some of us here today who feel like there are areas of our lives where there currently is that no authority. You're in that limbo of in the in the field where you're like, I don't know what's going to happen here. And there feels like a lack of peace or clarity. Or maybe it feels dark and there are things that you need to reclaim for the Lord. Or maybe it's a sickness that you need to speak over with the authority of Jesus. Or maybe there is a bull that you need to rebuke. We'll have a time to respond at the end, but we can remind ourselves the power and the victory belong to God. And because of Jesus, we now carry that same authority. Romans 8, verse 35 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we have faced death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are here today more than conquerors. So Jesus' authority was rooted in his alignment with God's word in his knowledge of who he is, and it spans over the natural and supernatural world. And now through him who loved us, we are also more than conquerors. 
We've seen Jesus' authority at play throughout the last few weeks as we've worked through Mark. As I said, when he was baptized and the heavens opened and God said, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. As he resists and stands firm against temptation in the desert from the devil and as he arrives in Galilee declaring the coming kingdom, calling the people to repent and believe in the gospel. And now displaying his authority of the supernatural world by driving out impure spirits. And as we know, Jesus' ultimate display of authority was his authority over death itself. When Jesus went to the cross as a living sacrifice for our sins, he who knew no sin became sin, died on the cross, defeated death, and rose in victory. As 1 Corinthians 15 says, it says, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm, let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labour in the Lord is not in vain. We have a saviour who death couldn't even hold. The sting of death is gone. Jesus has the victory. And I really want to challenge us today as to how realistically we see the power of this victory in our lives. How actively do we see the authority of Jesus in our lives? As Christians, we often declare it over death, knowing that there's a place for us in heaven. We've got that, you know, that comfort. But are we declaring Jesus' authority of the things in our everyday lives? Do we pray with that same authority for our everyday situations? When we're praying into a scenario, maybe it's a family dynamic, maybe an illness or financial situation, it can feel hopeless. Are we declaring Jesus' authority over that? The same authority that conquered death, the same authority that casts out demons, silences storms and drives out the darkness. We know in this life that troubles and darkness are guaranteed. And Jesus says himself in John 16, verse 33, In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. But because we are now more than conquerors, equipped with his spirit, we can speak into those situations, speak into that darkness with the same boldness and authority that he has. Where in our lives, just think now, do you want to see the authority of Jesus be known? For the man in this passage, this demon, demon was plaguing him. Most likely his behaviours and personalities would have been, personality would have been altered. He would have been distressed. But Jesus' authority was stronger and the spirit was driven out. The darkness for you today may not look like an impure spirit, but the truth still remains. Jesus' authority is stronger over it. John 1 verse 5 says, The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus sends out, send, then sends us out with his authority to do the very same things that he did, to shine the light in the darkness. The Great Commission that I'm sure we all know is Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, that's Jesus. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. In this passage in Mark, we see the people were amazed and news about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. As I said before, the authority should, this authority should shape the way that we pray. It should also shape the way that we share the gospel. For the people of Capernaum, witnessing this miracle caused them to go out and share the good news. And as a result, Jesus' fame was spread. We are called to do the same. With Jesus' authority, he calls us to go so that our lives will have a thread lines of Jesus' authority throughout them. Jesus' words have an authority to change lives, to heal, to drive out darkness, and to restore. 